0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. The title for today is, What's My Lot in Life? What's My Lot in Life? Joshua 14, 1-5. Now, if you're looking to build a house, first you need to find a building lot. That's for sale. Some of you just recently done that: a building lot for sale. Why is it called a lot? Well, uh, the best I could find is it's traced back to the, about the twelfth century, and it originally came from a practice of using lots to decide. Who gets the prime spot? Specifically, there was a castle built, and everybody wanted to be near the castle because of the, the raiders and people coming in, invading and all that. So they would cast lots to see who got to build to the prime spot close to the castle. That's kind of how it started. So now, if you uh, then, when, then that went from that on to when they were going to build a new town, they would cast lots for the best spot. And now they use the word for all building plots of land. Anytime you have a building plot, it's called a lot. Now, over time, this, the phrase, my lot in life, all right, my lot in life, came to refer to what fate had given us. Over time, it kind of went from that lot of land, the plot of land, lot of land, to refer to what fate had, had given people to live when they started to say, it's my lot in life. And usually, it's a negative connotation, right? If you hear somebody say it, Something bad has just happened, or they're living with something difficult or someone difficult, and they're like, this is just my lot in life, right? You've, you've heard that many, many times probably. Uh, I'm stuck with some problem. Some probably felt this way with the electricity out this week, uh, the last couple of days, right? Some of you felt that way because I heard my kids saying, "Well, so and so has still has their power and we don't. Why do they have it and we don't? Yeah, you know, nobody here else thought like that. Just kids, probably, right? But uh, you know, or they just got their power back. Why did they get their power, and not us? You know, you, you, a lot of I'm sure that crossed some of our minds, right? Why? And there's lots of stories I've got. Getting stories from different people in the church flooded basements, you know, trying to pump it out by hand because the power wasn't working, the battery backup didn't work, lots of different stuff. Um, a tree, trees falling, why did it fall on our wires and not someone else's wires? You know, why did it fall in my driveway? You know, that kind of thing. Um, why not next door? Why did the tree fall this way, not the other way, right? Uh, I know with us, the lights finally went back on the power finally went back on we're all excited and and it's like um i don't know maybe three o'clock or something they come on and and kim just tore through the house you know you can imagine now she she took the candles out you know put them away she started washing put stuff in the washing machine you can imagine what our house was like she started you know doing all kinds of things she threw a couple kids in the shower the couple little guys were in the shower and and i wasn't home i was took one of the kids to one of their games but uh Unfortunately, haha. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and, and all this is going on. Then she's, then she's telling me the story later. The power's been on for an hour. She's tore everything apart the candles away, flashlights, nothing. It's just like, and it's dark now. It's like six o'clock by now. And the baby's diaper explodes. It really explodes. She's like, it was terrible. It's upper back. I'm taking her clothes off. It's horrible, horrible. I'm right in the middle of changing her diaper, and the power goes off. And then I hear screaming up in the shower. The two little kids are screaming and the two the ba- you know, youngest ones are screaming upstairs. They don't they're stuck in the shower in the dark. She goes, She goes, hearing of this baby covered with exploded diaper, and, and kids are screaming up in the dark, and it's pitch black because I put the candles away. And you know, she's so efficient, right? She goes, What are the odds of it going out right then? I said, actually pretty good. <sighs> What was I really saying? That's our lot in life, it seems like, right? All of our life, that's life, right? Doesn't it feel like that's life, right? Now, the use of the whole lot idea goes a lot further back than the 12th century. In fact, we're going to see it here in Joshua 14, way, way back, Joshua 14. But the encouraging thing that we're going to see here is that our lot in life, as Christians, our lot in life is not random. It's not some accident, it's not something that just, that, that fate chooses, but something God chooses for a purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one of us being here. We know that we're not here by accident this morning. We didn't make it through sickness and, and power outages and even the school finally be, being able to be open. It's not by accident, you have a purpose for us being here right now. We pray that your word would come alive to us, your spirit would speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's read uh, Joshua 14, verses 1 to 5. Now these are the areas the Israelites received as an inheritance in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the heads of the tribal clans of Israel allotted to them. Their their inheritances were assigned by lot to the nine and a half tribes, as the Lord had commanded through Moses. Moses had granted the two and a half tribes that their inheritance east of the Jordan, but had not granted the Levites an inheritance among the rest. For the sons of Joseph had become two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. The Levites received no share of land, but only the towns to live in with pasture lands for their flocks and herds. So the Israelites divided the land just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So we know two and a half tribes, there's 12 tribes, two and a half tribes already got their inheritance east of the Jordan. All right, we've talked about that many times. Now the other nine and a half tribes get their land west of the Jordan in the promised land. The Levites didn't get a, didn't get, a, uh, an inheritance per, per se. Why is that? Who were they? Priests. They were priests. So they were scattered all throughout the other 12 tribes. Their job was to be in all the tribes and to minister as priests. So they weren't given a, a spot, but that means only there's only 11 spots, but Joseph, remember Joseph's two sons prophetically, Manasseh and Ephraim, were given a place in the tribes. So those two took Joseph and Levite's spot, which is why we still have the 12 tribes and the 12 allotments that happen, okay? Now, key lessons for us, as we look at this passage, key lessons for us, and this is important to remember, Israel's spiritual inheritance is a picture of, I'm sorry, Israel's physical inheritance is a picture of what? Our spiritual inheritance. Just as they were given a land, we are given spiritual promises. Just as they had to battle for a physical land, we battle for spiritual Land. We don't fight physical wars as Christians. We are fighting for our spiritual heritage. It's all a picture fulfilled. The the whole Old Testament is a picture fulfilled by Jesus and and our spiritual life. Okay? So that's real important to remember. And the first thing that we see is that their inheritance was given by Lot. Given by Lot. This was commanded by God through Moses... In Numbers 26, 53 to 56, God commanded Moses, this is how you're going to up the land. You're going to use lots. Very likely, we're not exactly sure what kind of lot system they use, but very likely the high priest, Eleazar, the high priest used the Urim and the thuman." Remember, that was the breastplate that the priest would wear. You saw Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. The guy put that breastplate on. Uh, that, and inside of that were kept two precious stones. One was for yes, one was for no. And they would that's how they would probably use these stones. God would use this system to tell what he wanted to happen. Now, we all know that God doesn't play dice. Einstein, right? Any Einstein fans out there? God doesn't play dice. There's no accidents with God, if you, you know that maxim. But... Um, but God did use lots, the system, to guide. In fact, in Numbers 16, 33, listen to what Solomon says. He says, the lot is cast into the lap, but its every decision is from the Lord. Every decision. So God used the lot system in the Old Testament to give his direction. And the high priest was the one doing it. It wasn't just anybody. You know, hey, what should I eat today? Let me throw the dice. You know, It wasn't that. It was the high priest being guided by God often the Urim and the Thuman, uh, but that's, that's how God would lead. In fact, even in the book of Acts, even in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, remember the 11 apostles that were left? Judas had died. The 11 apostles, what did they do to pick the 12th? They cast lots, right? They cast lots. So that's how they picked the 12th apostle, the, the replacement. But that was the last time in Scripture we see that lots are used to make a, a spiritual decision. Did you realize that? That's it. Why? Acts chapter 2. What happened in Acts chapter 2? Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came down and within the believers. See, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit didn't live in people. He would come upon them to help them fight a battle or to do something heroic or to, you know, call down fire from heaven, Elijah. The Holy Spirit would come upon the believer, but he couldn't stay within them. Why couldn't the Holy Spirit stay within them? Sin wasn't paid for yet. Sin was still not paid for. God's Spirit can't be where sin is, and sin was not paid for yet. So he couldn't come within them. But after Jesus died on the cross, paid for our sins, rose again from the dead, ascended into heaven, after that, now the Holy Spirit came within the believers, within them. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, the moment you say, God, I believe Jesus died for my sin, I put my faith in him, I give my life to him, the moment you do that, the Holy Spirit comes within you, starting in Acts chapter 2, and from then on, the Holy Spirit comes within. And now we have the Holy Spirit, we don't need the urm and the thummim, we have the Holy Spirit in our breast, leading us, guiding us. That's the difference. The Holy Spirit now guides us and leads us in a way that, that they didn't have in the Old Testament, but we have that. So that's the difference. That's why we don't use lots anymore. Now, back to Joshua 14, verses 1 to 5. Several things jump out at us with, regarding the lot, the given by the inheritance of Lot. The first is, it was a gift. It says it was given by Lot. It was, it was a gift, right? Their, their inheritance was allotted to them. Joshua conquers the land. And then he, use, then he uses the high priest to distribute, to give that land to God's chosen people, right? Israel, God's chosen people all over the Old Testament, chosen people. He gives, the, the high priest gives them the land, using the lots, but he gives it to them, all right? Our, now here we go, our Joshua is named Who? Jesus, same exact word. One is Hebrew, one is Greek. The Hebrew Joshua, Greek Jesus. Our Joshua, it's all, Joshua's all a picture of our Jesus. He won the victory. Just as Joshua won the victory, took the land. Our Joshua, Jesus won the victory. He, he won it on the cross. He died on the cross and broke Satan's power. He broke, he forgave our sin. He, he won our victory. That's what the communion table is all about. That's why we take communion, to remember the victory that Jesus won. He did that, and now that our Joshua has won the victory, now our high priest, who is also Jesus Christ, he's not only the Joshua, but he's also the high priest, he gives the gifts. He gives salvation, the gift of salvation, of being saved from our sin, of being saved from God's judgment, of being saved from judgment, knowing we're going to be with God in heaven someday, forever. He gives and, and get real life now. He gives that gift to us as his Father God chooses. Just like we see in the book of Joshua. He gives that gift. The moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive that gift. In fact, very interesting. Let's look at 2 Peter 1:1. 1, 1. I'll have it up behind me here. And 2 Peter 1.1, 1, 1, you've you got to connect the dots. The Bible's all connected here. Verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Well, how's that connected? The word received there in the Greek means to obtain by lot. Obtained by Lot. It's a gift. It's a gift that, that, that the Lot fell to us. That's what he's saying to us as believers. The Lot fell to us. In fact, in Second Peter 1.3, it says... "...His divine power has given us everything we need through, for life and godliness... ...through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness... Verse 10. Go down to verse 10. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. God calls us. He chose to save us. We obtained it by lot. It was a gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot make it happen. We cannot get right with God. We cannot walk the stairway to heaven. There's no such thing. We can't be good enough to get right with God. Only through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Ephesians is talking about. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Where it says, for it, is by, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. It's a gift. We can only put our faith in Jesus. We can only receive the gift that, he, he's, that he's offered us. This is all connected to Joshua. It was a gift. We receive to obtain by lot. We receive it. It's a gift. And God, now here's the next thing. God had a reason that he gave each tribe the lot that he gave them. There's a purpose. All 12 tribes, there's 12 lots. He gave them each their lot, but he had a specific purpose for why he gave him. It was intentional. It wasn't just accidental. He had an intentional reason. And as we go through the rest of the book of Joshua, we're going to see each of the tribes and different things that were exposed in that tribe. Problems that God had to deal with, that He had to discipline, issues in, in that tribe. And we're going to see how God had a reason why. And if you read the rest of the, the Old Testament, you'll see every tribe had a reason. God intentionally put them where they put them for a very specific reason. And the same goes for us. God has a purpose for picking out our lot in life. There are no accidents. God doesn't play dice, there are no accidents. Yes, we mess up a lot. Anybody here ever mess up? Yes, we mess up. But <laughs> one hand, only one hand, only one. Okay. Okay. I'm seeing a lot of waving going on out there. You only have to raise one hand. But even then, even when we mess up, God still works to accomplish his purpose. We can never mess up so badly that God can't still accomplish his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. I hope you have this memorized. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called. Connect the dots. Who have been called according to His purpose. God calls us. He's going to accomplish His purpose. No matter how bad we mess up, we know that in all things, God. If we will turn back them, He will. He still accomplishes His purpose, and it is God. Going back to what happened with the Israelites here, how he gave specific tribes, specific lands. It is God who gives us our lot in life. It's God who gives it to us. And let's face it, there's a lot we wouldn't choose for ourselves. Pun intended. God gives us our lot in life and there is a lot that we would not choose for ourselves, right? Isn't that true? <laughs> I don't know about you, there's a lot I wouldn't affect. But God has a purpose for each blessing and each battle. Each blessing and each battle, God has a specific purpose in our life. Some of it won't make sense until we get to eternity. Some we can connect the dots here on Earth, but we know that God's word says there's a purpose for every one of them. In fact, we were just in first Peter. let's go back to second uh, Peter. Let's go back to first Peter. Listen to this. First Peter 1: three to seven says this. In this you greatly rejoice. I call that thanks a lot. Here we go. Pun intended. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. Still, thanks a lot. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Thanks a lot. Right? Thanks a lot. Uh, God has a purpose. He's refining. He's purifying. He's producing a golden faith, a refined faith. He's preparing us for heaven. He's not preparing us for earth. He's preparing us for heaven someday. He's perfecting us through those struggles. It's a gift. It's intentional what our lot in life is. And get this. Our inheritance, our lot, can only be enjoyed by faith. This is key. Just as we just read there, through faith, right? It can only be enjoyed by faith. God gave the Israelites, back to the Israelites in Joshua. He gave them their land, but guess what? There were still lots of enemies to fight, weren't there? We're going to, to read that as we go through the rest of Joshua. Still lots of enemies to defeat before they could fully enjoy their inheritance. Before they could enjoy their lot. It's like if you buy a lot of land and you want a, a, a lot, not a lot, but a lot of a land. And you're b- going to build a house, but there's a, a bear living on it, you know? And you've got to... Get the bear off your property one way or another. We won't go into that part. But anyway, get rid of the bear before you can build your house, right? And that's a picture. They were given their lot, but they had to deal with spiritual enemies. They had to, they had to fight their, their battles. Um, they could only defeat them by faith. What have we seen all the way through the book of Joshua? It's been about faith. They crossed the Jordan River by Faith opened up. They, the walls of Jericho fell down by faith. It was from the river to the wall. It was always faith. It was always depending on God, putting our trust in God, depending on him to give us the victory. It, it was all by faith. And the same thing is true of our spiritual life. This is all about us, our spiritual life. Salvation is a one-time gift. It's a one-time gift. We receive it, but we receive it by faith. You don't have to keep getting saved. It's one time we're saved from our sin, we're saved from judgment, we're saved into God's family, we're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the body of Jesus Christ. One time we're saved, but it's a gift. How do we get it? Ephesians 2.8, we already talked about it. For as by grace you are saved through faith. We receive, we say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. I'm putting my trust in you. That's what faith means. It means to put your trust in. To completely trust him. That, and that we're saved. We're made, we receive that one time gift by faith. But sanctification is a lifelong process. Salvation one time. Sanctification the rest of our life. Sanctification means to become like Jesus. It means to become holy. It means to let God change our life. That's a lifelong process. Lifelong process. Alright. But now, just as we're saved by faith, we still need to... Live by faith. It's not saving faith. We've already been saved, but it means to depend on God on a daily basis, to depend on Jesus day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second, right? It's that complete dependence. Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body I live by. Faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We Just as we're saved by faith, we can't, we can't get to heaven on our own. We're, it's all God. We can't live this life. It's, it's, it's that living by faith. But as we'll see in Joshua, as we're going to see as we continue in Joshua, most of the tribes did not fully in, enjoy their inheritance. Can you believe that? They're given this great land and promises and power, and they don't achieve their potential boy can you believe they're so dumb back then it's good that now thousands of years later we we we've, we've moved forward and we don't do that anymore now that we have the holy spirit in us we don't mess, we don't, we we achieve our spiritual potential right <laughs> yeah. now we can grieve the holy spirit we can quench the holy spirit we can do a lot of things with the holy spirit or we can be filled with the holy spirit right and and it, it's it's so true that's what happens so Even So many times for us, we don't enjoy our full spiritual potential. And they didn't either. Most of the tribes did not enjoy their spiritual potential. I'll just use one. In Joshua 17, which we'll see, we'll go into a little more depth in a a couple months. And when we get there, uh, this year. uh, So anyway, if you've been here, you know what I'm talking about. In Joshua 17, the tribes of Manasseh and Ephraim are a great example of this. They were given their lot. They were given their inheritance. And you know what they said to God? They said, it's not fair. It's not big enough. This isn't fair. Just like kids, right? You know? It's not fair. Our lot is too small. Why couldn't we have somebody else's lot? Our lot's too small. You ever hear that from your kids? How come they got bigger this or bigger that? They all got the same amount, you know? That's... But that's, what, but that's what they said. They were whining. And they said, it's not fair. Uh, Joshua said, you know what Joshua said to him? He said, you got all you need. Get off your butts. That's the Hebrew word that he used. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's my word. But anyway, get off your butts and go down and cut down some trees. Because they got a wooded lot. Now, most people would like it. No, they didn't want a wooded lot. It's too much work. We got to cut down trees. It's, we need a different lot. They were whining and complaining. And, and Joshua literally said... Go cut down some trees. Get, get to work. Because it was no accident that they were given this wooded lot. God picked it for them. Why did he pick it for them? Because he knew they needed to get off their butts. He knew they were a bunch of lazy, you know, tribes, the lazy tribe there, you know, Manasseh Ephraim there. He knew it and he knew they needed this discipline in their life to grow, to grow spiritually. That's why he put them there. But just like many of us, They were complaining about the trees, you know. We can't see the forest because of the trees. Yeah, you hear that saying? Because they couldn't see God's forest, the bigger purpose. Because they were focused on the tree right in front of them. Sound familiar? (laughs) How is God speaking to us today? How is he speaking to us? Are we enjoying our full spiritual inheritance? Are we making progress? Are we cutting down the trees, at the next tree, the next tree? Are we, are we making that progress? Are we living by faith? Whatever our battle is, whatever our trial is, whatever, our, whatever the next spiritual step God wants us to take, whatever, the, you know, whatever it is, whatever we're facing, are we living by faith? Galatians 2.20. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Are we totally dependent, living by faith? Do we trust God's purpose? This is where it gets hard. Do we trust God's purpose for picking out our lot in life? <laughs> That's tricky, isn't it? Do we trust His purpose? Are, are we focused on the trees instead of faith in God's purpose? Do we trust that purpose? Are we focused on the trees instead of... You see what I'm saying? That, that, that struggle instead of faith in God's purpose. We have all, every one of us has to make a decision every day. Every day. This morning a lot of you had to make a decision. You know, no power. Or, you know, a lot of you came here without power this morning. But we, we have to make a decision. What are we going to do with that struggle we're facing? With what we're going through? Are we going to focus on the trial... Or look for what God is trying to do in my life. Every day. Am I going to focus on the trial or my faith in God and what is he trying to accomplish in my life? Why he gave me this lot in my life. Revisiting 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7 there where he says, I'm just going to read those verses. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine. May be proved genuine. How is God refining me? How is he producing true golden faith in my life? How is he doing that? And it's hard to do it, isn't it? I was thinking about this and... I was thinking, you know what made me think of? made me think of Ryan. Losing, losing our son Ryan. And it was, it's crazy how he died because he was taking drugs with all these other kids. They were taking them all together and he's the only one who died. What's that, right? And many of his friends have OD'd many times. You know, you know the story, you know what I'm talking about. Many of those he's close to have OD'd many, many times. And they keep surviving. And this is his first time and he's dead. What is that? And it reminded me that ever since his death I've had to make that decision. I can focus on the whys which will never be answered. I can focus on getting mad at God. Why'd you let this happen, God? Or Or, that's not fair. Right? That's not fair. Why did this happen? Or, to look for for what God is trying to do in and through this. What God is trying to do in and through my life through this. Trusting His purpose. Believing that there's a reason for this lot in my life. A Reason and and I, if I can just keep that focus, it changes everything. I'm not looking at beating myself up or mad at God or mad at people who gave them something they shouldn't have given them or not helped them or all those things. I'm able to focus on God, how do you want to use this in my life, and how do you want to use this to touch other people's lives? And then I'm able to just grieve, which is a gift. Can you do that? We all can. Will we do this? But maybe you're saying you're not a Christian yet. Can you do this? Maybe you've never been saved by faith. It starts with surrendering your life. Before we can hit that place of faith, it starts with surrendering our life to God by faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not for yourselves, it is a gift of God. Have you ever received that gift? And that's what communion is all about. The bread, the cup, reminding us of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what communion is all about. What, remembering what Jesus did for us. That he died on the cross to take our punishment, our sin... Our judgment on himself. And he came alive from the dead to prove he was the son of God. And to show that he can give us a brand new life if we will put our faith in him. If we will surrender our life to him. He did that so that we can have a relationship with God his father. So that we could connect with him. So that we could commune with him. It just means so we could connect with him. Commune with him through faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever taken that step of faith? You can do that today, during our time of prayer, during this communion time. What communion is, uh, how we take it, I always said it's the body and blood of Christ, it Represents. it's a reminder of the body and blood of Christ. How we take it, we just open it up. And we have some worship music playing. And, and when you feel led, if, if, if you're ready, when you feel led, you can, you're going to have to kind of wind your way through here. There's a lot going on up here today. But, but just come up and take it. And you go back to your seat. You can take it alone. You can take it with your family, a, a friend. However, there's no right or wrong way to take it. The idea is you're, we're, we are taking it, communing with God our Father through Jesus Christ. The reason why we shouldn't take it, and it's okay if you don't take Communion. We don't look around or videotape or take it. down. This should be between you and God. If we aren't ready to put our faith in Jesus, then you should wait. We take it every month, wait for the next time. But I hope that you take that step of faith today. Or if there's something in our life where we're not willing to surrender. There's a sin in our life. The Bible says don't take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy way. If there's something in our life we're not willing to give up. Not that we struggle. We all struggle. Right? We would never have to put anything up here if it was only for those who don't sin. But it's not about struggle, but it's saying, God, you can't have this. This is something you can't have. This is something I will not give up. I don't care what your word says. I don't care what your Holy Spirit says. I'm not giving it up. Then don't take the Lord's Supper. Wait till you're ready to surrender. But once again, anyone can because you can surrender it this morning, right now. I hope all do. And once again, we always have a prayer team up front, and I'm always up here. If anybody ever needs to pray about something, during communion, after communion, after the service, we always have our prayer teams up here to pray for anybody who needs prayer, okay? Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Have you ever been saved by faith? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever received the gift of life that starts now this moment and goes on through all eternity? Have you ever received that gift? You can do that right now by faith. It's a simple prayer of faith. There's no ritual, there's no religious person you need. It's between you and God. A prayer from your heart to his. Simple faith. God, I want to receive your gift. The gift of life. I put my faith in Jesus, your son. Forgive my sin. I turn away from everything in my life that goes against your will, your word. I Forgive me. I give you my life. If you've prayed that prayer of faith or if you do pray that prayer of faith, the Holy Spirit has come inside of you You're in for the shock of your life. Your life will never be the same. You can now talk to God anytime, anywhere, calling Him your father, your daddy. And he's going to speak to you in ways that you never thought possible. He's going to change your life forever. You can now commune with him. Not just here this morning in communion, but you can commune with him. You can connect with him anytime. I want to encourage you to let someone know if you've put your faith in Christ today. Maybe you have a friend or a family member or tell me on the way out or send me a text or an email. Let somebody know so that we could be excited, because we will be, but also so we can encourage you. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Are we enjoying our full inheritance? What's blocking our enjoyment? What's blocking our moving forward? Our progress? What do we need to give over to God this morning? What do we need to surrender to Him so that we can let Him work in our life? Maybe in this prayer time, the surrender is trusting His purpose, accepting our lot in life because we know it comes from His hand. For his purpose. Father we pray that as we go to this time of communion. That it would be a start of really connecting with you. Of really communing with you every day. Lord no matter what we're going through. I pray that we would see that. The only thing worse than facing what trial we're facing. Is facing it without. Without you. Facing it without being in communion with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.